This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 273 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and this week I'm joined by Chris. How are you my good man? Are we well? Hello. Yes, very well. Always well. Always well. Always. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, I've got a new toy. You have. You've, yeah. you've got a light. I have. A, yes, finally we have light in this house. <laughs> uh, I've bought a ring light, which when I was looking at it, it's designed specifically for makeup apparently. Uh-huh. Um, it's meant to illuminate your face when you're doing a video recording to make me look all pretty, which is, uh, I think that's a typical task, uh, but it certainly <laughs> illuminates. But there's a small problem, as you as you saw a minute ago, which is when I put my glasses on, which is quite important for me seeing things, um, there's a big, massive light in the middle of my uh, my glasses. So it looks a little bit silly, but yeah, it's yeah. an investment, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, so they are designed to, to kind of accentuate that, but... Obviously, not when you have glasses. They're designed for when you know you get the little ring around your uh, around your pupil um, when you when you're doing like close ups and stuff. And that's apparently what it's supposed to to help bring out. And oh, there you go. Oh, my beautiful eyes. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's that's my fun story of the week. How how are you? I'm I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been fun. Um, I don't have any any exciting new purchases to talk about. Oh, uh, well, you have though. You got one a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? My little tiny amp. Yeah, it's looks really cool. Yeah, I got I've I've gotten back into playing guitar because a friend of mine bought a guitar at the start of the year, and um, yeah, he said oh, I'd, I'd been really excited by this, and he showed me this little guitar amp, and it's uh, it's called it's by a company called Positive Grid, and they make multiple different amps um and it's really really small it's like smaller than my phone um obviously a bit deeper but like, yeah it's smaller than my phone and it's got like, loads of tones and stuff like that it's great for i've been having a really good time good. just noodling about and annoying my neighbors it's been good fun uh, but, uh, like enough enough of enough of ring lights and guitar amps um because it is of course a lincoln city podcast let's talk about football um, obviously, coming off the back of the weekend win, uh, I think everyone was feeling pretty good. Um, 
and you know, I think there was a lot of positivity being strewn about the place, which is uh, can be a bit unusual sometimes uh, amongst the Lincoln fan base. But um, no, all uh, all well and good, uh, and that positivity continued all the way through to today until uh, I saw an article pop up on the site. Um, with Jack Burroughs being out for uh, up to a month, um, which obviously not the most ideal of news, um, which means you know, obviously he will miss out of the squad on uh, on Saturday. But uh, it's an ankle injury that's ruled him out. Um, sounds like it's not particularly serious. It's not going to be a, a long term thing. But in when you hear the words, you know imps player injured you immediately think at them over the past season of our front line um but this is obviously you know burroughs has been kind of a bit part player over the past couple of months since we've had a few more people back and that since the slight shift in style that we have had um so while it sounds incredibly harsh on one side it's not the biggest blow we could have received no, I think you're probably right. It's not ideal, of course. Uh, we never want to lose a player who's, who's made 27, I think, mm-hmm. starts this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're right in saying that he has um, been a bit more of a bit part, a bit more of a, a squad player under Michael Scubala, particularly since we've shifted our shape a little bit. Um, what's great about Jack is that he can play both sides. He can play left side or right side. He's obviously played in the, in the middle a couple of times this season, but primarily he's been... Um, left back or left wing back or right back and right wing back. Um, so what that means is though, when he's injured, we lose our backup for both sides. Yep. So it's almost like two players being injured and so not not a first team guaranteed starter, but you've kind of lost your backup in both those roles. Now, I think the profile of player that we have in those roles at the moment is different to Jack. So mm-hmm. last is, is much more forward thinking, Is I'd, I'd argue better on the ball. Um, Jack is probably a little bit more physically air, physical aerially, um, but I think last has got that position nailed down Mm-hmm. To his own, really. Sean Rowan is currently playing left back in a four slash left centre back in a three. Don't think Jack would do that role. I think if, if we did that, we'd go to a more of a, a guarantee, like a definite three with TJ probably coming in. And then that left wing back role, Dylan Duffy could definitely deputise for Rico Hackett. Yeah. So it's just the right, it's the right side. It's it's the last. I think it's more last that if we have any issues with last, then we'd probably be a little bit short there. Um, TJ can obviously play there. Others can but they can't play in the same style that last can. Um, so I think it's a bit of a blow there. Um, but it just feels so harsh to Jack because he's been a real good squad player, but yeah. it's not yeah. a guaranteed starter. It doesn't change our ability in our starting eleven. Um mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a positive now because I think it would have done a month mm-hmm. ago. If Jack Burroughs was another one of those players that picked up an injury, he's someone that was playing regularly, that would probably hit us a little bit harder than it hits us now. So we never like to pick up injuries, but if we're going to pick up one, to him now, it's probably the best time of the season to do it when we've got everyone else back or most people back. Yeah, hundred percent. That's kind of that was where my thought process was. You know, I say I don't want to be harsh to him. I don't want to uh, insinuate that he is a lesser player because yeah, he's done a really good job for us so far. It's just with this shift in shape and you know this slightly new uh, focus that we have, he he has come off the bench a couple of times, and you know I, I don't necessarily think. He well, he isn't one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. Um, I think if this were Sean Rowan, we would pretend well, we'd obviously be having a very different conversation because he's a starter and he's he's somebody that can play 
in either of the positions that he's been in. So he either left back or, or centre back, as you say. Um, but yeah, you know, it's gutting for Jack because he's he, he's come here and he has done very well, like you say. I just hope that uh, it's it's not too serious and he can get back on the grass pretty quickly. Indeed. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, one one name that was discussed on Sunday uh, with Gary and Charlie, it was obviously confirmed after our live stream uh, that uh, Zach Bradshaw has joined us um, and he was a project player. He would be going out on loan and, and all the rest of it. Um, that's been confirmed. He's off to Dundalk um, to play out in Ireland for a little while. Um, it, it's one that we can't necessarily cast too much judgment on because we haven't seen him in a Lincoln shirt at all. You know, he kind of came in, well, I say we've not seen him in a Lincoln shirt. We saw him in his signing photo. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's about it. You know, we, we haven't seen him play at, uh, at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the idea of project players. I, I like the idea of kind of having um, somebody that's, that's there almost if we need them. Uh, obviously, Dylan Duffy springs to mind. He, he was kind of brought in as that project player and then kind of found himself relatively quickly in the first team picture due to uh, situations beyond our control, shall we say, um, you know, towards the end of uh, Kennedy's reign. So, yeah, I, I think um, this could be, hopefully, it could be an, another decent opportunity Um for Zach and for the club as well. And, and I, I hope it's a, another one that seems to, well, that, that will pay off eventually. I, I can see why some people will get frustrated if, you know, we're signing players that we're not going to play or we'll send them straight out on loan. I mean, I know one example of this recently was Charlie Kendall. He, he came in, immediately went out on loan and he's, he's had a couple of mediocre loans and he's now left the club. And I, I think sometimes you, you see it used as a stick to beat the club with or, you know, stick to beat certain individuals with. But, you're never going to get every single signing right. And I think this is one where we've taken a little bit of a gamble. But, you know, if it pays off and in two years' time he's worth half a million, then great. If it, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's it's a it's it's, it's a weird one to judge, um, particularly at this stage, but it, it's one for the future for sure. Yeah, we can't judge it now. Um, and I think this that's the kind of the point of this signing. You know, I think Peterborough is a really good kind of comparison yeah. here because Peterborough get a lot of plaudits and I think from us I think I think yeah, yeah. we might not necessarily like Peterborough United as a football club we <laughs> respect how they operate mm. um and we we all know how how much money they've made off signing players from from non-league or lower down and selling them for big 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 fees but for every single Ivan Tony there is there's um that's annoying because I put a tweet out a few weeks ago and we were discussing this and I listed a load of names <laughs> up and I've forgotten every single name, uh, which shows how forgettable they are. But for, the, 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 there's always been a few that hasn't worked out. Sir Tazdemir, for example, being one of them that they signed from Fylde, never really made it at that level. Now he's now back back down at that level, I think, and um, certainly isn't a posh anymore. So for everyone that works out, this was probably one that doesn't. But what will happen is, you know, for every Charlie Kendall, there's a Ben House. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Ben House is now, if we were to sell him in the summer, hopefully we don't, but if we were, we're going to recoup how much you paid for Ben, how much you paid for Charlie, and tenfold more, most likely. Oh, yeah. um, so this is, it's, it's, I don't like using the word gamble, because it, I think it's its more of a calculated, it's a calculated risk, mm-hmm. um, but it's relatively inexpensive. Um, we're signing someone who's not going to necessarily um, impact the first team right now. So if that's not the case, they might as well go out and play regular football, um, and then they, they're going to come. He's going to come back into the squad in the summer, just like the lads that are out at, at, at 
draw Hader at the moment. Um, and the other lads, of course, that are, that are out at Peter Renault's. Uh, I keep saying Peter Renault's star. That's a team much more lower down in non-league. It's Peter <laughs> Sports. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So, difficult to judge. Is he, you know, we, we don't know. I'm not going to pretend I haven't seen a huge amount of, of him play. I know he's a very, very versatile player. And I think um, that can be a real positive, but can also hold you back a little bit in regards to nailing down a first team spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Michael Scribala has hinted that potentially long term, he, he's going to be a good left back or left wing back. But he's played centre back. He's played left wing. He's played left back. He's played holding midfield so far this season for Woking. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to see where he ends up playing for Dundalk and then yeah, ultimately what, what the future holds for him here but yeah, it's, it's one of those that you don't necessarily get excited about it right now but you know, if he develops in a year or two's time to be someone who's worth half a million quid, that's good for the club at the time that he's yeah. worth half a million quid because he's playing regularly and he's doing well at this level and that's good for the first team, you know I'd much rather us develop them, sign someone like this and then they become a first team player than us having to fork out half a million quid to get a ready-made player in two years' time, which we obviously aren't going to be able to do. So, yeah, yeah it's worth doing. It's good. I think it's good business. I don't I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. I think it's a really smart business model, and it's good to get them out on loan to get them regular football while they're not necessarily quite going to be ready for the first team right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, all the best to Zach, and hopefully comes back uh, a bit more developed. So, uh, right, that's good. Um Next little bit of news, um, the club put out the latest episode of the We Are Imps podcast with uh, with Sam, and he was talking to Landon Donovan, which, yeah, very, uh, it, it, it was a very strange appointment when it was made. You know, obviously Landon is, is a huge name in world football, enormous name in the States. Uh, he, he is US football, uh, well, he was for a very long time. Um, and he's obviously come on board with uh, Harvey Jabara as a strategic advisor um, to Lincoln City. Now, what does that mean? There wasn't really that much talk about that in the interview, but there is obviously, you know, he obviously has some input and he obviously has a degree of passion for the club. Um, you know, he's he's been posting about, you know, his kids in Lincoln City shirts, which... Again, that's mad, isn't it? It's bizarre. Yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely bizarre. Um, I've got a friend who's a, a massive fan of Landon Donovan when he was over here, um, and when he heard the news, he he sort of texted me because he, he follows him on Instagram and he sent me a photo and he's like, "Ben, what the hell is this? Like, why is Landon Donovan posting photos of his kids in Lincoln City shirts?" And I told him he's like, "Well, they're definitely going to have to become my lower league team now, aren't they?" I was like, "Yes, yes, we are." Um, but yeah, look, it's it's um, it's a really fascinating interview. Um, Sam is fantastic at what he does, and you know he he gets the best out of the guests that he gets on. Um, and he was he, he asked some really good questions of Landon, and I think we were talking off air briefly. There was some interesting little insights into not only his career. Um, I think that there was a, a um, there was a conversation about when he went over to Germany. Um, and he was saying, I was just, there was a guy stood at the side of the pitch and I went over to talk to him and he said, do you want to come and play in Germany? He was like, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but all right, fine. <laughs> and, and he went over and that was that. It's like, th- that was how it was done back in those days. And it, yeah, really, really good insights talking about, you know, playing with Beckham and um, then kind of after his career and, and staying focused and, and mindful of everything that's going on. Um, but the, the 
important stuff kind of came towards the back half of the interview where he's talking about how he got in, uh, involved with Lincoln City and how he got involved with Harvey uh, to say, right, I'm going to be taking, I'm going to be taking interest in this club. I'm going to be putting my money in. Do you want to come on board with me, kind of thing? And um, yeah, we we touched on it the other week when we said about uh, Harvey now officially being the, um, the the biggest investor in Lincoln City Holdings, but. Landon says in there that he's aware, you know, that they're very much aware of like this this stereotype of American owners coming in and wanting to just Americanize the sport, you know, turn it into a massive cash cow for everybody and stakeholders and shareholders taking out whatever they can and just sport becoming a pure profit machine. Um but he he kind of puts that to bed a little bit and says, look. I've I've been round to Harvey's house and he's got like ESPN Plus on and he's watching a game from the Spanish second tier because it's just on telly. You know that's kind of how Harvey's fallen in love with the sport and by extension watching us, he's obviously fallen in love with with the club. And Landon sort of said, "Yep, all right, I'm in. Let's go for it." Um, but yeah, really fascinating insight um there was one thing that did before i before I bring you on this there was one thing that did make me chuckle slightly was when he was saying about uh he 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 lives in the moment and he wants to be you know focused on the now um and he doesn't really do too much planning and i'm like <laughs> okay pretty sure that that's your private life because you're you're a strategic advisor for us so <laughs> long-term yeah. strategy is probably part of that but yeah I, I, i'm being facetious on that one like yeah it's it's a it's a really good watch isn't it yeah, I thought he came across brilliantly, to be honest, because it's the first time we've really heard from him. We've, we've heard the name that he's associated yeah. with the club. Like you say, you've seen a couple of posts on, on social media from him, but it's never really felt real. He's never really felt, from my opinion, it's never really felt massively part of the club yet. Yeah, no, um, I agree with that. Until now. And, and I think it, it was great to see how, how knowledgeable he was or how respectful he was. I think that the point you made about the ownership and the... Uh, kind of the, the the influence that American owners have had on the, the sport worldwide, but particularly in this country. And I think just his, his openness and his honesty about they've probably got a bit of a bad reputation at the moment and kind of rightly so in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also kind of just a, he didn't just say, oh, Harvey's different, so it's all going to be okay. He explained what football means to people in this country. Um mm-hmm. that, you know, the club is owned by the fans of God who are putting the money in that is alien to a lot of American investors and, and he says like you know, Harvey just gets that 100% that's kind of what drew him to the sport in the first place and yeah I just thought it was really refreshing to be honest and, and I thought he came across brilliantly it's also really good to hear that he's going to be across um, visiting later in the season as well mm-hmm. um, that's that's fantastic and that will really make him kind of hopefully feel part of things here um, and hope we can kind of welcome him. It'd be great if he has something that kind of is a bit fan-facing in that regard. I've no idea whether it will be, but I think it'd be a real win for the club if, if it's if they do something, if, if even if it's just a bit of a meet and greet or something, but something that makes him feel part of it, but makes us realise he's part of the club as well. Um, but yeah, super good interview, really interesting, and uh, it just doesn't feel real that he's that. Yeah, he is like the David Beckham of American football or, or soccer, yeah. should I say, um, and. Yeah, for someone of, with that stature, with that pulling power, is huge. And with the also with the a bit of a side note, I suppose, with the importance of how you know, with the new deal that's going to come in with the um, hopefully with the 
Premier League and the new wage cap rules that are going to be most likely coming in in the summer, it'll become more and more and more important for that off-field income. And we've all seen what's happened at Wrexham with Ryan Reynolds and um, the other one (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in terms of, you know, they're going to be all right because they can get big sponsors in like TikTok and God knows what airline they're sponsored by rather than when they first took over, they were sponsored by a trailer company from Wrexham. Um, you know, as much as there's, not, there's no disrespect here, they're going to be obviously getting a higher, a far higher income mm. from from those worldwide brands than they are from the local ones. And and for us, for having someone on board in the club who is has the profile of Landon, hopefully there'll be a, maybe a knock-on effect of that kind of association for us in terms of our off-field income, which will have a direct impact on our playing budget um, yeah. in terms of how much we're allowed to spend um, with the new rules that come in. So. I don't think he's just here for that reason, but I think that can be an added bonus. You know, we can have a little bit of that star quality, um, which gives us a little bit of an advantage, I think, to other clubs our size and will help us close the gap a little bit to those clubs that are just bigger, with bigger grounds and have bigger match day income. I think it will help us punch above our weight a little bit, potentially, in the long run. So that's nice. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the the key thing, is that there are so many people in this country that, that wouldn't know just how big a name Landon Donovan is in the States. Like it's if if you're a football fan in the US, you know who he is. It's as simple as that. Um so yeah, very exciting. Um and I, I just like how personable he was. He seemed yeah. very down to earth, very, you know, um very centered. I think that's probably the word I'd I'd use for him. Um mm. so yeah, hopefully, you know, if he's he says he's coming over towards the end of the season, hopefully we'll be able to wave at him and shake his hand and uh, say hello. So that'd be a, a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, there's not a huge amount of other news really coming out of uh, the club at the moment, which given the fact that usually the the news is just injury after injury after injury. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No news is good news, isn't it? It's quite nice. Yeah. Um, but there, there have been a couple of bits um, that I wanted to, to touch on really before we go into a, a very quick break. Um, one thing that the club have put out is that they're looking for some local bands to uh, play in the fan zone beforehand, uh, you know, before games uh, to get a little bit of atmosphere in the place. So if you or anybody that you know are a musician or in a band, um, give the club a shout. Um, there, there's a couple of posts on Facebook um, about, you know, what they want to do. Uh yeah, I think this is a good incentive. I know they've done it a couple of times with with some local bands. I think the Rills have been in the the fan zone a couple of times. And mm-hmm. uh, I know they used to have uh, a, f- a chat with an acoustic for a while, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, they get some bands in, you know, get a little bit of atmosphere beforehand. I wonder if they're going to bring back the big open sided trailer that they have at the the far end for like some of the events and stuff. That'd be. Um, yeah, it was the end of the season. Um, it was the it was the infamous day where Michael Appleton left the club, wasn't it? But they had the yeah. Oasis tribute act on after. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was I think that's a great idea. Obviously, can't do it all season round, but I thought it was that was brilliant. Loads of people stayed. We had a great time, and uh, yeah, it looks like they kind of tap into that a little bit. I think this is a fantastic idea. It just creates yeah. even more of a community feel around the the, the fan village. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it already is one of the best in the country. It's, I've never been to an away ground and seen anything that kind of, to be honest. Um, so obviously they could do a great job with it already. I think we, we, we don't realise quite how lucky we are sometimes because mm. whenever you speak to away fans, they always say, oh, this is absolutely fantastic. I wish we had something like this. Um, yeah. 
are going to add more and more and more to it. And the more of a community feel it can have, the better. And I think this is this is a really good idea, a really good idea. Bit of a left field one, and I like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the, the the point you make about opposition fans is spot on. Everything that I see, um, I think there's a there's like a League One group on uh, League One subreddit on on Reddit, and it's like going there when there's a lot of posts about Lincoln. that a lot of fans going, yeah, you know what? They've got they've got the the match day right. We can go in there as away fans. We can you know have a drink. We can have a bite to eat. We can mingle with everybody else and it's just a nice atmosphere every single person that has commented about the match day experience at, at central bank is is more than complimentary and it's it's really I, I think it's one of the best things that they've done like yes it's obviously to bring in a little bit more commercial revenue but when you consider like just how impressive it is with, with that many people there of you know either side either team mm-hmm. it's great really really nice really nice atmosphere i love it in the fan zone um but yeah, um, next little bit of news came out just before we started recording. Um, the Bristol Rovers game is going to have kids for a quid. So if you want to bring uh, your kids along to the Bristol Rovers game, it will only cost you a pound for each of them. So uh, I've got a few friends with multiple kids. So I imagine I will probably be Uncle Ben for the day <laughs> with slightly less rice. Um, so uh yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, get your um, bring the the unofficial nieces and nephews along. Um, <laughs> that'll yeah. be a that'll be Indeed. a good one. Yeah, that's good, really good. Um, can I add something? It's, this isn't on our plan, by the way. Yeah, yeah um, no. and it's something that I imagine loads of people are thinking. Yeah, catch up, Chris, mate. Um, but I got an email from the club yesterday. Um, it was called my imps reward imps rewards statement. Yep, and. Um, Regrettably, I've never looked at Imps Rewards, and okay. I definitely should have. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I had a little bit of money in there that I didn't know about. Um, but also, it said you can earn some points just by completing your profile or by answering a quiz question. Um, and then you can when you get loads of cash back or, for, or the equivalent of cash back. It's cash in your account um, for getting your car insurance through this link. And ver- there's loads of stuff on there, loads and loads of stuff. And I've never, ever looked at it and I feel really bad about it because it's definitely been a thing for a while. Yeah. But I'm also thinking if someone like me who by my own admission is a bit of a fanatic uh, about Lincoln City has missed that, then there may well be other people that are listening with season tickets that's also missed it. So um, just check it out, really. I just think it's, it's brilliant. I, and I didn't realise quite how good it was. So that was all. But um, it's worth knowing about, guys. Yeah, fair enough. I, you know, I, I, um, I think I signed up, completed my profile at the start of the season, um, but I haven't really used it since. I know it's kind of like a quidco slash top cashback. Yeah, sort yeah, of basically. Thing, isn't it? But what's great is all the money that goes into there. You can put towards um, club purchases, so it can go towards yeah. a shirt. It can go towards match tickets, or really, um, kind of interestingly, you can put it towards next season's season ticket. Okay. So when the season ticket renewal window is up, which I imagine will be pretty soon, it'll, it'll open for next year, mm. you can effectively get a cheaper season ticket because you can use that money towards it. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's brilliant. I, I can't believe I missed it, but I have. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've got, I think I had around 25 quid in there mm. at the minute, um, which, you know, is always a bonus. It's- well, yeah, that's that's a match to, a match to a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, so no. Check it out if you haven't. Like Chris says, you might uh, if you 
particularly if you've got a season ticket, you might well have a little bit more in there than you thought you might have. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to take a very, very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look ahead to the weekend, where hopefully we'll walk away with three more points. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And we're back. Uh, big game at the weekend against Fleetwood Town um, at the bank. So, I well, there's only one person to speak to with regard to Fleetwood um, when it comes to social media or, or you know podcasts. So, uh, I am going to speak with Nappers very shortly. So uh, that conversation is going to drop in right here. How's uh, how's Charlie taken to to life at Fleetwood? You know, is he endearing himself to the fans? Is he made massive changes, big you know sweeping changes across the board, or is it just little things that he's tweaking here and there? I don't think he's got the power to change things. I think it's kind of been well, these players are going, um, and these are what you can bring in, and you can pick the loanies that you potentially bring in. He's very man management style, like arm round the shoulder. You know, let's go for a game of golf. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for a run. Let's go. You know, do this. Let's you know, have a lap of the pitch. Let's have a chat about you know what 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 I think we, you know we need to do with you. And um, it's old school, and that's what we need in this situation. Um, and from I watched the players come off the bus a couple of times. Um, Derby away, put a video up and they looked awful. Northampton, the next game, we were, we got there and about and the bus came in five minutes late. So I purposely went over to have a look. They were all so deflated and they, they looked awful. The demeanour was terrible. Lost before the game, but it, it, it was a cert. Mm. They're now looking happy, bouncing, fighting with each other, hugging each other. The, the fist pumps at the end. You know, I saw them in the services the other day and they're laughing and joking with each, each other coming off the bus. Winning games of football will help that, but you feel like even when we were losing against Derby, against Shrewsbury, against Cambridge, against Portsmouth, there was still a bit of fight there for each other and you could see that they wanted to play for each other. So a bit of fight, a bit of grit. Charlie knew the football club before coming in because he's local. He's got good mates at the football club. He knows Andy, obviously, the, the previous owner, shall I say. You know, Will, you know, who will what at the football club that has been in and around it for, for nearly a decade now. Um, and knows Will, knows Steve Kerwood. His son's in the academy. He's been to pull for hundreds of times, some radio commentary on Fleetwood Mill, you know, and he's at pretty much every home game before. So he knew the football club and that kind of, he said that he wants a team that represents a town, that fights for the town. And that's working class. That is, you know, real fight, real grit. And we might not have the best of quality, but we'll fight. We'll keep going till the end. We'll keep looking for, for a hunger. And uh, that's what we've got. And it's just that um, I think he gets the town a bit more than Brown or, or, or Lee Johnson certainly ever did. And there we go. Thanks to Nappers for that. Um, unfortunately, as we're recording, I have yet to speak to him, so I don't know what he said. But, Chris, let's talk about Fleetwood, because they've had a rocky, rocky road over the past few months. I don't think they've won in 
well, they did, they haven't won in 12. And then all of a sudden, they've got two on the bounce. Um, now, obviously, they've changed the manager recently. They had Lee Johnson in for a while. He then left the club and Charlie Adams come in. Very, very strange set of circumstances at Fleetwood, a club who've, who've undoubtedly spent an awful lot of money over the past few years to get to where they are and to stay where they are. But do we think this is potentially, you know, the end of the road for them in League One this season? And more to the point, is it going to be a, a or as winnable a game as we think it is on paper when we take to the pitch on Saturday? Two very big questions. Um, firstly, is it potentially the end of their stay in League One? Well, yeah, I think it, can, it certainly can be. They're currently 22nd uh, on 25 points. They are six points behind Reading, um, who are ahead of them um, in the uh, 20th position. So actually in the last kind of surviving position. Yep. Uh, Port Vale are ahead of them as well on 30 points. And Port Vale have actually got two games in hand over mm-hmm. them as well. So they are, they are a little bit away, but, you know, you don't expect the teams down the bottom end of the table to pick up loads of points so and a couple of wins and they're, and they're out of it and they've just had back-to-back wins. So it is by all by no means is it over for them at all. It's certainly looking a lot more promising than it did um, two or three weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's that. But in regards to like, how are they doing, and like I say, they've spent a lot of money. They have definitely spent a lot of money, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can all, that's kind of obvious from the, the names that they have previously had um, they've lost a couple of big names in, in January which we'll touch on but I mentioned last week about the the kind of financial league table that comes out in League One mm-hmm. in terms of wage budget basically um, and as much as your aim as a club is always to try and punch above your weight and overachieve generally speaking you will at the end of the season you're normally within two or three places either side of where you are in that kind of league table for, mm-hmm. for wage budget I can't help but feel that Fleetwood Town have significantly underachieved in this regard. Um, but they've also, it appears that they've got quite a few of their big earners off the wage bill. So they've had a really interesting, a really interesting January transfer window, which on paper looks like it's actually helped them. For me, it actually looks out looking to win. It looks a little bit like they're preparing, preparing for life, life in League Two by just reducing the wage bill. But actually, it seems to have gone quite, quite well. So they lost. I mean, Jack well, Marriott. It, I was going to say, just quickly, it, it sounded like from. When we were doing the tra- when we were doing the the, the live stream, mm. every it seemed like every other thing that came through was like Fleetwood have signed such and such on loan. They, I think we we said they signed five players on deadline day on loan. Um, I think one of them might have been permanent actually, but you know when you're looking at signing five players on deadline day, you're either doing very well or very badly. Like you, you, you're doing very well in bringing in depth to the squad or you're doing very badly in trying to scramble your way out of a situation. Um, obviously, Fleetwood are in the latter situation there. But um, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, go, let's go through it's some of those names. Yeah, so in terms of well, outs, I think let's do outs first because yeah, yeah, yeah. These, are, these are big, big names. So there's, there's of course, Jack Marriott who's gone to, um, who's gone to Wrexham. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine that's quite a large wage off the wage bill. Um, yep. Josh Hill. Has gone to Barnsley in this thing. That's one of their better players. Um, was I think their captain? I think Mappers may be able to confirm that, but I think he was their skipper, played left centre half. And uh, Josh Veller, another kind of experienced central midfielder, has gone to Carlisle. Uh, so that was three kind of of their key players, you'd argue. And uh, they've replaced them with, on paper, 
at least. Um, Lesser. Now, it might not be quite as, as clear and obvious as that because Harry Boys has come in as a left wing back. We know all about Harry Boys. You know he can be a good player at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, they've signed a couple of players from the Republic of Ireland. The one that really stands out to me is uh, Ronan Coughlin, who's not actually like a young project player. He's 27 years old. Um, he was playing for Waterford in the second tier um, up until um, their season just finished. He scores 33 league goals in 29 league appearances. He scored <laughs> quite a lot of goals. And he's actually got off the mark already. He's been, he's been starting regularly for Fleetwood and he's scored a couple of goals in his last two games. Um, so he's, he will definitely be a threat. And then loads of loads of loan players. The, the big standout loan is Gav Kilkenny on loan from Bournemouth, who's a good player at this level, a really kind of technical central midfielder. Um, so, yeah, they, I think they, they've certainly added to the squad. Um, how much they've improved overall, it's difficult to, to, to know. Um, but ultimately, there's probably be a, a bit of a different feel about their, their team now. And, and that, I think just bringing some new faces in just gives any squad a bit of a lift that's been on in a sticky situation. We experienced that ourselves with returning players and a couple of new signings as well. So um, it's also worth pointing out that they do still have Jaden Stockley. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another one of them. They sent those two big-name centre-forwards in Marriott and Stockley, which kind of took all of us by surprise and really got, got some headlines um, a summer or two ago. And he's still there. Uh, he scored three and three recently. And the, another player that plays up front in the front three is Promise Amachiri, who's a player I actually really like. I really like Promise Amachiri. I think he's a real handful. Uh, and he scored two in his last four appearances as well. So that's for the forward scoring goals. Um, so, yeah, in terms of transfers and, and like personnel, there's definitely a different feel about Fleetwood now than there was when they were on that really, really sticky run. And in their last three games, they have drawn one and one. So they're on a good run, uh, to be honest. But I think it's worth digging into those a little bit. Uh, so their most recent win, Bristol Rovers 2-0, convincing victory, to be honest. Um, XG didn't say anything surprising. They they scored two goals with 0.91. But Bristol Rovers only really generated all of their XG once it was 2-0. Um, right. So the Port Vale, they, they beat convincingly 3-0. Port Vale, of course, since have dismissed their manager, Andy Crosby. So Port Vale were on an equally poor run that Fleetwood were up until that point. Prior to that, it was a 2-2 draw away at Wickham um, with an XG of 0.94 for Fleetwood. And this is a big one. Wickham was uh, 4.35. There was a red card in that game, which we should have had it in part to play. Um, So it's annoying because we would have quite liked to play them whether they were still on dreadful form. Um, And they are definitely on a bit of a, a positive a spin on things at the moment. But then so uh, are we. I, well, yeah, that was my next point. Um, so in terms of them, this, this, the one big change really that, that Charlie Adams made tactically is they've, they've changed from a back four to a back three. That's always, that's always quite a big, a, quite a significant change. I think, you know, when you, when you make that decision um, and for the first three or four games, it didn't really seem to help, but in the last three, it's definitely that plus the new paces has definitely, definitely helped. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. I imagine it to be more of a five than a three. To be honest, mm-hmm. it gives them an extra body in those defensive phases, which allows it to be a bit more solid. Um, so yeah, but because new manager, because lots of new faces, it's quite difficult to like tactically analyse this. Um, so shall we talk about us? Because I like talking about us more than I like talking about the opposition, especially when we're, when we're quite good, like we are at the moment. Um, so for those of you that don't like XG, sorry, there's going to be about a minute. Um, but this is genuinely... <laughs> Genuinely interesting, I think. Anyway, <laughs> so in the last four games, we've generated an XG of more than one. And that's yep. nice. Um, we've only actually done that 
once in the whole of Mark Kennedy's reign. Had a little four-game spell where we um, had four games in a row where we generated one or more XG, and that was um, between November and December 2022. We've had a run of four games. It is, yeah. We've had a run of four games in a row with more than one XG twice under Michael Scubala. And if we get more than X1 XG against Fleetwood, which I'm pretty confident that we will, mm-hmm. that'll, of course, make it five games in a row with more than one. Um, we won't have done that until uh, since we had Michael Appleton in charge. So she's kind of bringing our conversation back to a few weeks ago. You think, well, what are we hoping to see from Michael Scubala? He wants to bring in a more attacking output, make us better to watch, more exciting. And there's no denying that that is, that is happening. There's no denying that that is happening. Absolutely. Um, and we're pretty good now. We're pretty good. We were superb against Derby, superb against Peterborough, arguably the better team in both those games and deserved to win. But we was we discussed it ourselves, didn't we? How happy we were after that, the results uh, as they were. And then to get the, the the brilliant win away at Burton against against all odds, really, when it go down to ten men. Yeah. And to be again the better team, create the better chances. I'm I'm regardless of Fleetwood's recent upturn in, in form, I'm still super confident about this. I think we're going to be playing a more difficult Fleetwood than we would have done three or four weeks ago, but I still think we have got plenty um, to offer threat-wise. And as much as they've had a bit of an upturn in results and goal scoring recently, we kept Derby and Peter quiet. Yeah, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest story. Still all right. That To me, that's the biggest story. Um, you know, obviously we've had an improvement. We expected to see an improvement with the names that were coming in and the names that were coming back. But when you keep Derby and Peterborough quiet, I mean, Peterborough, what, they, they've scored on average about two goals a game. Yeah. You know, when, when you're looking at a team like that that's scoring goals for fun, coming here, getting frustrated and not being able to to create much at all. I mean, I, I don't know what the XG stats were for the Peterborough game for them, but I, I can't imagine it would have been much more than 0.5. It was 0.68. Okay. So, so yeah, still not enough to generate a goal. Yeah. And, and well, you look at... 1.52, so more than double the amount they had. Yeah. And, you know, you look at that game and yes, we could have probably nicked it. We should have probably nicked it. But when you take everything into account, the, the attacking intent that we've now got, the defensive solidity that we've had for quite a long time, because let's, you know, Cast your mind back to when Kennedy was in charge. We didn't have an issue defensively for the most part. It was really silly. Defensively. It was silly Overall. individual mistakes that were costing us games. And I think, you know, we I think we discussed at the time that like how do you cut out those individual mistakes? So it's it's hard to do because it's not a systemic problem, like you said. But it's the system was fine defensively. It was just going forward. And then obviously we had the horrendous run where We've got injuries galore, but all of a sudden stuff's coming back and it's starting to click. Like things are snapping into place now. Um, You know, the the Derby game, the Peterborough game, like we say, it might have been a difficult afternoon for any other team to to come and try and score. But then when you've got two of the best teams in the division at, at winning games and scoring goals and they're not able to score past us, that's, you know, as big an, uh, an endorsement as you can get of our defence. Um, and I think the fact that we've managed to carry that on against what could have been a bit of a banana skin at Burton, particularly with Alex Mitchell getting sent off, which we haven't talked about it on the podcast, but Jesus Christ, what the hell was going on with that game? It's the softest red card I've ever, <laughs> genuinely, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. 
because the first one's not even a foul. No, nope. and I struggle to see how the second one is a yellow card. Part of me even thinks that's not a foul in a way, but that's probably roast tinted glasses a little bit. Yeah. But it's just not. It's just not a red card. And most no. referees, I know, you, like an argument that you'll always have as a fan is, well, hang on, he booked him for that earlier, so that yeah. must be a yellow as well. So why hasn't he sent him off? But that's a conversation that's had in every single terrace yeah. uh, up and down the country every Saturday. Yeah. For him to give the softest of soft yellow cards for something that wasn't even a foul, and then deem the second one enough to put a second yellow as much as we say it should be the same there should a yellow card, yellow yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. it never is it no. never ever is and yeah that was like oh god when it rains it pours like i think we're just getting a bit of positivity and now it's gonna be so difficult a game that we thought was winnable then are oh, down to 10 men and then the performance after that was just utterly superb but i feel so sorry for alex mitchell because yeah it doesn't deserve to get sent off and he has been absolutely superb in mm-hmm. the last few games. And um, we argued that Pordy um, probably needed to be patient to get his his, his, um, his place back in the team. And uh, he was. Yeah, yeah, obviously he was. <laughs> he was on the bench, but then he came on in that game and he's obviously going to be a, a like-for-like replacement. So in terms of the, the strength of the 11, I don't think we're going to be too far away because yeah. Pordy's just as good a player as Alex is. But Alex just did not deserve to be sent off. And the annoying thing is, I only learned this actually last week, is that because it was two yellows and not a straight red, you can't appeal it. Yeah, it was me that told you that. It was, it was, of yeah. course it was. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's obviously, you know, you can appeal a, a straight red for obvious reasons, like that's a red card, that's not a red card. But as soon as you open an appeal up to multiple yellow cards, it's going to be, well, that means that people can appeal individual yellow cards. And at that point... Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's there's, just bloody annoying. Yeah, there's there's no there's no reason to do it. So, yeah, it's frustrating for Alex. I'm I'm just, I'm gutted for him. Um, yeah. You know, he, he didn't deserve it, like you say. I, I sent the clip to uh, a few friends of mine, actually, and they, they all came back. And I, said, I said, right, guess who got booked in this clip? And everybody, literally everybody came back and said, well, the only person I can think of would be your number 11, so Ethan Hamilton, for a high foot. And I was like, nope. It's the lad who got his head thrown back in. or he got Yeah, it's the lad who had his, someone throw their head back into him. And they were like, that's ridiculous. I said, like, yep. Yeah. And then five minutes later, he was Never sent seen. off for this. It was just a mental game in terms of the officiating. I know that I know the other guys have um, have obviously yeah. reviewed this, so we don't want to go into too much depth. But we haven't had a chance to moan, so let's moan a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't it know was how just Bert, madness. I, I don't know how Burton ended up with ten on the field. No, I, I I don't I don't either. And I think it was just it was just it, it became comedy. But I actually have to credit the lads because I mentioned this when Matt Gaz actually in the pub after I said this because the second half I thought we managed the opposition. We also managed the officials really yeah, yeah. well, um, and it, particularly Ethan Arahan. I think it goes a long way to show that, um, you know, at one point he's he's getting his own um, cramp kind of stretched off by the referee. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Ethan Arahan just had the referee in the second half around his little finger. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that was a real a real pleasure because we felt hard done by, of course. So it's quite nice to get a little bit of our own back and yeah. Yeah, to come out with a win was superb. And I, I'm going into Saturday full of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did like as well how when I think Lass got booked towards the end and then their lad got booked for shoving the ball in Lass's chest, I thought that was excellent game management mm-hmm. as well. Um, or yeah. housery, as some people would probably Indeed. call it. But, Indeed. Uh, yeah, so let's let's get back onto Fleetwood. Um, you know, you've mentioned there, obviously, Alex Mitchell sent off at the weekend. Normally, in well, in past weeks, it might have been a, a selection headache as to who would, bring, who would come in, but I think it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Paulie O'Connor comes in. 
yep. um, and, and slots back into where he's used to playing. Um, what about up top? Do we stick with that kind of front two of, of Freddie Draper? And uh, it, it seemed like Rico Hackett was playing up top more than anything else at the weekend. Yeah, he started up top. Yeah, so Dylan yeah. was going to, to play the role that Rico had been playing. Yeah. And Rico went up top with um, Joe Taylor on the bench, of course, which I think surprised a few people. Mm. Um, but against a, a Burton team that me. was quite, yeah, it surprised me initially. But then it made sense when you think about it. And I think the plan was, right, Rico's going to help us hold the ball up the pitch a little bit. Um, longer, he's got good kind of composure, a good physicality um, to work alongside Freddie. And also, Burton are likely to not defend deeper, um, but probably defend a bit more stoically. They've been reasonably solid um, in regards to not necessarily chances, but because they concede quite a lot of chances in XG, but in terms of actual goals conceded, they weren't that bad. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming the idea was to to do that early doors and then potentially get a goal up. And then when the Button had to give us a bit more space to exploit in behind. Joe Taylor could then exploit that that space. Um, I certainly felt we'd get less space to play in against Burton than we would have had against Derby and Peterborough. And um, it kind of made sense in that regard. That, of course, after 29 minutes was all thrown out the window because we ended yeah. up playing just Freddie Draper up top on his own and, and Rico went yeah. um, went left side. Um, so, yeah, this, coming into this, this Saturday, I think the big question is, I think we do start with a front two. I think we don't change our hybrid system before four two three five two at all. I think the big question is: Do you play Rico Hackett on the left um, and Joe Taylor up front with Freddie Draper, or do you play Dylan Duffy on the left and Rico Hackett up top with Freddie yeah. Draper? Um, for me, I think um, Rico plays on the left and Joe Taylor comes back in. Uh, mm-hmm. That that that's what I think I would prefer. Um, even though I do expect Black, uh, Fleetwood to defend a little bit deeper than say Peterborough and, and Derby did. I think Rico just showed how much of a threat he can be on the left-hand side. I think you get the best version of Rico Hackett there. Um, and there's no reason why you can't change that later in the game. But Ben House coming off the bench gives us another option. And it was great for him to get half an hour on Saturday. I don't expect him to start at all. I don't think he's ready to start. But another 20, 30 minutes or so for him as an option. is, is We've got real good options on the bench now to change things up tactically. But in terms of starting, I think I would like... Um, Joe Taylor up front with Freddie Draper for that real kind of contrast of, of, of threats that they offer. And then just the class that Rico offers on that left-hand side. I think that that really shone through on, on Saturday against Burton when he went there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I can't see, um, as, as much as I like Dylan Duffy out there, um, I think having Rico Hackett there is is a, a better option for us at the moment. I think Rico has been frighteningly good since he's come back in. Yeah. Um, really, really impressed with him. Um, he fully deserved his goal on Saturday. Um, and I think from what he said in the match, uh, his comments after the match, I think, you know, he's he's enjoying his football at the moment. He's delighted to be back. And I think he's really genuinely happy that, uh, you know, he's managed to, to contribute as much as he has since he's been back in. Yeah, um, it was a lovely moment at the end of the Burton game with him and the fans as well, was it, with him doing the fist yeah. bump? I think that was lovely. And also, I think it was fantastic that we took 1,200. Yeah, because bearing on before that game, we hadn't won since yeah, November. yeah, and yeah. you know we were on the back of two good performances. You and I have, and all of all four of us have been really positive about the last couple of games. But there's no denying the facts we've been on a sticky run results wise. Yeah, and yeah. Um, for us to take 1,200 away fans, I think that is superb and credit to everyone that was able to go. I think that was a brilliant, brilliant backing. And there's no denying that, that would have had an impact on the performance and the result because all I could hear on iFollow was Lincoln fans for the whole yeah. game. Yeah, always. It, it's it's usually the way when we're you know when we're watching on iFollow, unless it's 
a, a big ground with a big home uh, home following, you know, Portsmouth or something like that. You know, it, it, they're the grounds where we potentially may get drowned out a tiny little bit. But ninety percent of the time, you can hear the imps fans on the on the commentary all time. It's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Fleetwood on paper, as we said, it's a winnable game. I think, I think the thing that's going to potentially swing it for me is if if Joe Taylor starts. His pace is still frightening. Like I know we didn't really get to see it on Saturday because the game plan went to pot. Yeah, I feel he only didn't he only didn't get a game on Saturdays because we had the sending off. Yeah, I think absolutely. even if he doesn't start on Saturday against Fleetwood, he will definitely come on and play a part. That same threat that you're talking about. But yeah. I, I think I'm with you. I'd like to see him from the start. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think the the benefit of well, the major benefit was we saw Ben House. Um, you know, Ben House getting a good half an hour as well, which surprised me. Chris, for those of you that are uh, listening, Chris has just um, crossed his heart and, uh, you know, he's fallen in love a little bit again. Oh, I love Ben House. <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah, plays the so, game with his head. I like players that play the game with their head. Yeah. You know, oh, he's, he's such an intelligent footballer. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's back. I, I thought he was fantastic on, on Saturday when he came on and he, he nearly got himself a goal as well, which was, uh, you know, could have been a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, but look, Ben House coming back into the side. Um, I would probably expect to see another half hour uh, half hour from him on Saturday, um, unless you know they're keeping it from us and saying no, we're going to put him on at half time. I think mm-hmm. you know, depending on where we are in the game, I think bringing him on is, go- is always going to be a threat. Um, so uh, yeah, I think for me, I think Taylor and Freddie start up top, and then maybe in the second half, Ben House comes on. Yeah, I think half an hour maximum, to be honest, yes. um, because Michael Skubala in his most recent press conference did say that um, they've got to be really careful with with Ben because obviously he came on for half an hour on Saturday, which was brilliant. Um, Skubs mentioned that it was probably a little bit longer than they had initially planned for, that we got through it really well, but they've had to they've had to protect him this week a little bit. So he's trained okay, but he hasn't, I, I got that, that, he didn't say it directly, but the feeling I got is that he hasn't been necessarily 100% this week in terms of joining in with everything. I don't know, but that's the feeling I got and that they um, are probably being a little bit tentative. So the last thing we want is for Ben House to play a little bit too much too yeah, soon. Yeah. And then he, t- he has a bit of a relapse in his injury. That's the last thing any of us want. So, Unless it was Michael was just reiterating the point that don't expect to see him starting yet, or maybe it, it was just being honest, which is what I get from Michael. I get the, the guy who just says it as it is. He's pretty honest and open in that. Um, we maybe so my my opinion or my thought about this is that we Ben House will probably still feature, mm-hmm. but we might actually see him get less minutes on Saturday than we did against Burton. But they'll overall to be gradually built up as the weeks tick by. Because of course we've got a game on Tuesday, so yeah, um, yeah, I expect him to want to feature in that as well. But it's yeah. great to have him back. It really is. Yeah, it is, and it's it's the options, isn't it? You know, we've suddenly gone from it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, we've suddenly gone from you know forcing Joven to play there on his own or or with a you know a low knee that's not necessarily cutting the mustard to oh hang on, we've got a really good set of options now we can play two up top it's ridiculous and still bring one or two off the bench you can play in those roles like yeah it's amazing yeah so uh yeah look fleetwood away as we said on paper three points in our hearts three points but when it comes to it on the day what do you reckon chris two no win 
three points then. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> two and a win. Like, you yeah. know what? I'm not selling against Spook because they're on they're on the ascendancy. I genuinely think it's at some point in February we're going to win a game by three goals or more. Okay, which is mad to say we scored one goal in three games. Um, yeah, I just feel like somewhat we're, we're playing well now. Someone is going to get a tonkin at some point soon. It's, um, it's something I don't that we think said. it'll be Fleetwood. No, fair. I think it'll happen soon. It, it's something that we've said, isn't it, before, where we've been on a good run and we've, we've been on the cusp of something and it's like someone's going to get a battering at some point. Um, but it's just never quite happened. But I, I'm with you. I do believe that's going to happen at some point soon. Um, quite where it will be, we don't necessarily know. Could be against Charlton. Well, could be Charlton receiving the taking the brunt of it on Tuesday night. You know, Nathan Jones's first home game. We could spoil the party for him. Could even be Mark Kennedy's first game for Port Vale yeah, if he decides if, to go to there. That's very interesting that he's number one at the moment, isn't he? For the yeah Port job that surprises me to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. He did a, he did a good job for us in regard to making us hard to beat, and of course the the on pitch results we can't really criticise him for. We know that there was other things going on behind the scenes there that that, that were. Um, factors um but because of those i actually personally felt he'd struggle to get another job at this level um it'd be really yeah. interesting to, to see him do it it'd also be interesting to see what sort of um, reception he'd get if he did come back um i i certainly hope he wouldn't get booed um i i imagine it would just be a bit of a oh there he is look and that's that yeah it's an odd one isn't it because i i don't think there was quite the level of sustained vitriol for I don't think he ever really had any control. I had some doubts about our on-field performances, as I mentioned yeah. on here. Um, but there's no denying that he made it really hard to beat and our on-pitch results were, were positive on the whole. Mm. Um, so I'd be really surprised for him to get a negative reception. Um, I, I mean, I think... It sounds, this sounds really harsh, but I'm delighted he went because I, I really think Michael Ball is fantastic and I think you know we're, we've really improved. So... Well, yeah, it's it kind goes, of it, positive that he's gone, so, but that's not. It wasn't really yeah. his fault as such, was it? It was. It was other, not directly at least. It was, there was other factors at play. Uh, no, I mean it. It does go back to when the news broke. You know that I think we we said it at the time, and then we've also said it on podcasts since that your feeling in particular was relief more than anything else. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, right, we can do something new now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just wonder if it's going to be that period of Lincoln City history is just going to be a bit beige. Yeah. You know, is it, oh, that happens then. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Whereas now we, we, we seem to be moving into a little bit of technical at the minute. So it's yeah, we can, yeah, we can see the, again, I think I, I can now see the path that we're on. I'm not going to say pathway. I haven't said, you know, what? I haven't said the word pathway on this podcast for ages, by the way. Um, <laughs> Charlie said it more than you. Yeah, that's, um, but yeah, I can see the kind of the path that we're on now, and I maybe lost a little bit of sight of that under Mark uh, Kennedy. So, uh, but yeah. I don't hold any grudges against him. I know Gaz isn't the biggest fan, um, and I had some doubts about the on-field performances and, and the underlying numbers. But I've got nothing against him personally. Um, yeah, I you know if he goes to Port Vale, would I hope he keeps them up? Don't really care if I'm honest. <laughs> They're a team that I don't uh... hope they go down. If he goes there, I just don't really care either way. Yeah, I, I think that they're a team that. Um... Yeah, I don't know. They're there, aren't they? They've yeah. come up. They are there. They are part owned by Robbie Williams or whatever it is now. They have but... invested heavily on some quite high-profile signings in January, though. So squad-wise, they've definitely improved their overall squad. Um, mm. So that'd be they might have had a chance to settle by the time we played them. But yeah, 
Interesting story. But Fleetwood first, please. A win against Fleetwood and anything is possible after that. Absolutely. Well, look, it's um, it's coming up to the end of the podcast. There's actually something that we for- we've completely forgotten, um, which is the fans forum, which is happening uh, in 25 well, minutes. Yeah, now-ish, yeah. Yeah, in 25 <laughs> minutes as we record. So we're not going because we're, we're busy. Um, but yeah, I think there's. it sounds like there's going to be an interesting presentation there from uh, Jez and the recruitment team and, and Michael to kind of show a little bit of potentially what we've already seen. I know you've, you've had the big presentation from, from Jez and the recruitment team, which kept you awake for a long time. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't necessarily realize. And I, I suspect that this fans forum is, is likely to be um, a lot more jovial than it could have been this time last month, shall we say. Indeed. Yeah, I think credit to the club for this, by the way, because um, it's one of the things that was the, the, the club put forward to us in the support, uh, fan advisory board, as we're now known, um, about the fans forums, because the club really value have, holding the fans forums, but they wanted to know what else can you can we add to them to make them better? Because I think there was a, from not from the club, but from, from us in terms of feedback in that kind of the same questions every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is and, and then they answer the questions that are posted. And that's not that's not the club's fault. But could you add something else to maybe get a different demographic of person interested to turn up, uh, generate different questions, make it a bit more engaging, a bit more interesting? So I think um, fair play to that. It sounds like what they've got planned is is going to be a bit more in depth than than what we've experienced previously in fans forums. And 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 the more you can do that, the better engagement, the better. Um, so yeah, it sounds good. Obviously, we we haven't been. We don't. We it's not happened just yet. By the time when we're recording this, but by the sounds of it, it could be um, pretty, pretty good. Indeed. I think there's one more thing you wanted to touch on before we uh, go into the plug mode. Yes. Uh, so this is um, not directly, not directly related to anything we've spoken about today. But, but um, for anyone that's interested in the Football Manager video game, <laughs> uh, I, I do the Lincoln City data for it, and I've just. Just today had um, my last submission for all the January updates. So anyone that plays the game will know that um, kind of late February, early March is a big, massive update with all the kind of January transfers that get upon it. And also some um, like changes in terms of player attributes to, to accurately, re- accurately represent what's happened in real life. Um, so mine have all gone through. They got approved today. That's all like job done from my perspective. Um, all I'll say is if anyone is tempted to start a, a new save with Lincoln City on Football Manager, Wait for the update. <laughs> Is that because you just boosted everybody's stats? Oh, not no. They're, they're so this so, it's really complicated. It's really complex to make sure it as balanced as possible. But I will just say two things: Lars Sorensen and Freddie Draper. So that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. But wait, okay. wait until it's released. End of February, early March, sometime. Just wait because then it'll be really fun. <laughs> okay, right. So Chris has broken Football Manager no, because of his no, love no, for no, two no, players. No. No, I've accurately represented the attributes in game using data, and that's what I like. But it's quite nice when the data proves that they're quite good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that. Fair enough. Well, look, uh, as we say, we're, we're pretty much at the end of the podcast, but it would be remiss to go without mentioning the post that Gaz has put on the site, um, entitled, I believe, Yes, We Run. Um we try to at least. Yeah, we're trying. Um, very trying. Um, but look, it's we're, we're obviously doing the 10K in April, and uh, we've posted a little bit of a, an update 
from from all of our points of view on on how we're we're getting on um i know i've spoken to charlie uh, away from our away from the group as well i know he's he's had a little bit of a tough time with some of it so you know all the best with with that and i think you've said that you've found it not difficult to get back into it like full on but it's you know it's it's slowly coming back to you yeah the um, hardest part for me was getting started again that yeah. was the hardest part um yes yeah, so we've got a bit of time let's let's give a bit of an update shall we so um for those who haven't seen seen the post it's, it's a good it's a really good post actually by guys because it gives we've all written a little statement in terms of just explaining our journey so far and i think it's really apparent that we've all got different starting points now for me historically I could have run a 10k quite comfortably if I had to. I'd have never chosen to. I really don't like it. <laughs> 15 years ago, would have quite happily done it. And then um, I'd say my fitness levels significantly dropped um, below my standards, mainly in COVID after after a career change as well. And there was one run I did. It was a it was like January. It must be about a year, maybe a couple of years ago now. Whatever the January was when we were still in COVID, and I got to the point where. I, like my resting heart rate had, had risen quite high and uh, much higher than it was before. And I was like, right, we all need that trigger, don't we? To make us go, right, I'm actually going to do it now. And I thought, oh, I need to go out running. And I was thought, I'll go running on my lunch break. And I live in rugby and oddly, there's a maze in rugby. And mm-hmm. uh, so in my house, as I clocked it, is exactly half a mile from the maze. I said, right, I'll run to the maze and back and see how I get on. And I got to the maze, that's half a mile, and I had to stop. I was so out of breath. And that was just heartbreaking for me because of, I'd been pretty fit and could have done that with my eyes closed. And it's like, oh my God, I've, I've dropped so, so, so far. And then from there, thankfully, I got kind of got into it a little bit uh, until lockdown ended. And then once the world opened up, kind of lost the consistency with it and hadn't, hadn't done it for ages. So the real fear I had, knowing I've, got, I've actually got a, a deadline of how I need to be able to run 10K by April, I didn't dare start because I didn't know. I just didn't know. When I came out, went out for a run this time for the first time, was I going to be back to that level again where I literally can't run half a mile? Hmm. Um, or is it going to be a little bit easier than that? And, and it took me a good couple of weeks to finally get to the point where, right, let's get out and do this. And and thankfully, it was more comfortable than I expected it to be. It wasn't easy, but much more comfortable than I expected it to be. Um, and I'm kind of built up um, with a couple of walks in between, but up to around 6K now. So I'm, I'm personally still know I've got a fair way to go, but touch wood I wasn't actually as my starting point wasn't quite as far back as I feared it might be but it was that fear that was holding me back from getting started mm-hmm. um so that's me um where are you now because I think last time we spoke you were kind of cooped up with a bit of an injury but you've kind of overcome that a bit now haven't you yeah to a point um it's it's just my calf and my Achilles it's it's painful and I was saying you know I said to you just beforehand I've been sat on an office chair in this room for around seven to 10 hours a day for the past three years without being too active. And basically it's just meant that tendons have shortened and muscles have gotten tight and all the rest of it. So look, my current rate, I guess I I did, I I did three K earlier in the week and, you know, interspersed with runs as part of the catch to five K. And that was just under 30 minutes, which Probably sounds pathetic to a lot of people. Oh, time is irrelevant. Who cares but, what time is? They yeah, did it three yeah. k, mate. That's a great step. You know, yeah. Is. So it was, it was run, walk, run, walk in bit, like three and five minute bursts, and that is more running than I have ever done in my entire life in one go. <laughs> it was that's a, that's a huge accolade, mate. It really is because you, by your own admission, were starting. Uh, I think a lower point than even you expected to. Oh yeah, my expectations and, were were basement level, and they've already. 
subseded that. They've been, yeah. been a so the fact that you've gone from that point to now running further than you've ever ran ever, mm. mate. That's that's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I think the reason we're sharing this is because um, we've got a just given page up, and we'd love to we're trying to raise some money for a fantastic cause in the Lincoln City Foundation. Um, they do so much for the community, and it's only going to grow with the new development behind the Stacey West stand. Yeah. So yeah, we're hoping to raise some money. So if you can spare anything at all for a good cause and to to give us a little bit of a boost, it'd be hugely, hugely appreciated. It really would. Absolutely. But look, I say we've got Fleetwood on Saturday. Should be a good game. We're then uh, going to be back on a Sunday, I believe, with Gaz and Charlie again. Uh, well, unless it's you and I think Gaz. it's me and Gaz, actually. Oh, okay. Think, but don't quote me on that, but I think it's me and Gaz. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, we will uh, we'll see you soon. But until then, as always, up the imps. Up the imps. minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com and there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.